Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Let's Be Honest with Peter Kozadoy, the show that goes beyond the obvious and uh, gets honest, gets vulnerable, lets you see behind the scenes of what's really going on. Now, normally, I have uh, you know myself and, and one guest on. Today, extremely special, I have not one, not two, but three CEOs. So please join me in welcoming the three CEOs to the show. Andy, Nigel, Todd, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hey, thank you. Trust me, it is my pleasure. All right, so right off the bat, as usual, take three to four minutes for whoever out there does not know you yet and tell us about who you are, what you all do, and what gets you inspired and fired up out there. Sure, so I'll take that question. Uh, my name is Andy Biting with, with my really good and longtime friends, Todd Palmer and Nigel Bennett. We actually, the three of us are entrepreneurs located in different parts of Canada and in the States. And we are, are all part of a, uh, the same business conclave. We've been getting together at one of the MIT campuses in Boston every year for probably, I think for me, it's 17 years this year. Yeah. Yep. For yeah. a week every year for learning, gathering. And I think we've been together since pretty much the beginning. I know Todd and I have been together for yeah. the whole 17 yeah. years. And Nigel would, would kind of join pretty much yeah. years later. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> 17 years. But so we've known each other for a long, long time. We all run different businesses, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point here during the call. But th we got together this year, initially, you know, thinking how can we work together and have some fun and share our knowledge, share our experience we, you know, with entrepreneurs and with business people around the world. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And we actually put everything on fast track. And we say, you know what? Now more than ever, people need to hear some raw, honest stories. The three of us have been around. It's not our first rodeo. We've been through several recessions in the past. And, uh, you know, one, you know, some of us have been wiped out completely. Other ones have come to the brink of being wiped out. And, but all of us persevered, kept moving forward. And I know, you know, as Nigel likes to put it, we all have lots of experience that we take for granted sometimes. And maybe younger entrepreneurs, people going through a difficult time for the first time, you know, may not have those resources, may not have know what to do. And so we, we fast-tracked it. We started the 3CEOs.com and our website, and we're doing webinars and podcasts, things like this, all over the world. We've spoken to entrepreneurs from Malaysia to, you know, to Vancouver, to throughout the States and the U.S. And, and Canada, and, you know, inspiring people. I know when we talk, I think the biggest thing people get out of it is because we share raw stories. We share the worst our worst day and then what how we got through it uh you know people know that they're not alone they know that there's others out there struggling they know that you know you can persevere and you can push through and we want to we want to inspire entrepreneurs and also give them some nuggets on tools that they could use to move forward and to navigate through might be these really trying times for a lot of people it, it's it certainly is and this is the way that entrepreneurs learn right? I have to give a lot of credit. So I, you know, I grew a million dollar business, then decided I was stupid and needed to go back to school. So I went back to get an MBA at Columbia. Turns out, turns out I was very stupid. There was a ton of things I just did not know or understand about business that I learned there. But to their credit, you know, I, I ended up in a class about entrepreneurship. Of course, already built a million dollar business, was fascinated by how they would handle this. And uh, to their credit, all they did was bring in other entrepreneurs to drag us through the muck tell us about what it, you know, their story basically and all the pitfalls and what happened. And I was like, yeah, 
this is how entrepreneurs learn. So I really yeah. applaud everything you're doing. Like, and like you say, Peter, um, like we're, we're kind of at the stage in our lives where we've, we've been kind of nudged and smacked so many times that we actually, <laughs> we believe that it's our duty. It's really our duty, uh, to give back to the younger generations and, uh, other entrepreneurs that are, you know, either starting out or in, in the middle of their business or whatnot. And we just really feel that it's our duty to do so. And that's what we've been, that's what we've been doing. And it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. Uh, I share, you know, this is why I have the show, right? Let's be honest. Um, right. Because it's so important. And all, yeah. all we see, you know, we society is Lamborghinis on Instagram that were probably rented for the day. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the cover of Inc. Magazine and, you know, oh, I, so funny. I tripped and slipped and built a $300 million business by accident in three years. Like not realistic, right? No. It happens, but there's not, not the average. Um, so, you know, stories like yours are really important. So key question, take, take us all to a time. Okay. When you had to get brutally honest with yourself as a leader, and that could be personal business family. Tell us what was the situation? What did you do and what happened next? Okay, I'll, I'll start with this one because I, I have a, <laughs> as, as the guys know, I have a, I have a pretty uh, brutal story. Um, so my brutal reality moment to, to uh, my Stockdale paradox moment was 10 years into entrepreneurship, I was $600,000 in debt. I was a single parent. My house was on the line. I was going to lose my house. My kid and I were going to be homeless. Um, I had a toxic and dysfunctional culture. I was in the recruiting space in Metro Detroit. And I, I was going under quickly and I didn't even realize how bad it was. And with the help of some of my fellow entrepreneurs, not only these guys, but guys locally here in Detroit, I finally got real with myself and I dealt with my imposter syndrome. So for a mm -hmm. long time, Peter, I don't know if you talked about this at, at your university, but no one told us that, you know, we don't have to be all things to all people all the time on every topic. We don't have to be the Oracle, but that was the weight I was carrying. So I raised my hand. I got help. I hired a coach and that was my aha moment. The toughest day of my life, my mess has become my message for programs like yours is I walked in one day in September of 2006, fired my entire company and I started over. Paid it. Within 10 years, I paid off all the debt and talked about the Inc. 5000, Inc. magazine. We made the Inc. 5000 is one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. Not one time, not two times, but six times. Wow. So because I dealt with my brutal reality, I dealt with my uncomfortable moment um, I was able to get out of that, pay off the debt, honor my debtors, and, and have a, a great inflection point and grow that business. So you, you think that story is tough enough. I know Nigel's got a great story where he talks about his doorknob moment. So I, th I think he can tack on pretty well to that. Let's hear it. Man, you want you want to go kind of raw here, I guess. <laughs> yes. And I go way back. Um, I was actually working for my father's uh, oil spill response company, mapping coastlines all over the world for 10 years. I was in wow. Venezuela right out of high school. I was I was I was everywhere. And then I was in Egypt. And um, my father actually was incarcerated and thrown in jail in Egypt. And I at the point at that point, I didn't know why I was probably 22 years old at the time. Um, but I, I, I did realize that um, he was up to some interesting things and uh, he was a, nar he was a narcissist. So I, I basically, I, I flew back to Vancouver and my sister was working in our company too. And I actually grabbed her and we left and we said, we, we can't be involved in anything like this. We have to start off on our own. And we, uh, we started our own business called AquaGuard Spill Response, responding to oil spills around the world, like the BP horizon and whatnot. And um, like Todd said, the doorknob effect, I lived, I lived with this doorknob effect for years where I would go to my my office, touch the doorknob, take a deep breath and step through into this absolute bee's nest of chaos. Nigel, I need this, I need this, and I need this. And we, you know, I was able to ramp this business up, but I didn't have a life. 
and I really wanted my life back. And over a t another 10 year period, I, I basically hired in, uh, I, 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 um, I grabbed guys from other companies. I called them CEOs. I called them general managers. It never worked. I parachuted in basically these C-suite leaders that they really didn't cut it. And all the while I was raising and organically growing um, leaders inside my business to eventually take, take over. And I, and uh, seven or eight years ago, I was able to set it up to run without me. And um, here I am today, but it's, it's been, it's been quite the grind. And I don't know if that's off your point, but there you go. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Exactly. The kind of stuff, you know, we all need to hear. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I tell this too, I had built a multimillion dollar company with offices and employees and all this stuff only to learn that that's not even what I really enjoyed doing, not even what I liked. Now I'm so lifestyle first with the way I coach other entrepreneurs. It's like, no, no, how do you want to spend your days? Yeah. Design the company around that. So you don't have the doorknob moment, right? Exactly. Andy, what about you? Uh, yeah, for me, and there's a great lesson learned in there. So it was around uh, you know, 2008, 2009, the recession hit and I was in the retail home and garden business and we were scaling quickly uh, past 10 million at the size of the business, 125 employees. And um, then all of a sudden our bank changed their lending policies. I mean, really long story short, I got a call from my bank and said that because of the downgrading of the risk rating in your industry, you no longer qualify for the loans that you have. And within two weeks, the bank said, out of nowhere had called all our loans. And that started a snowball that kept gaining speed and gaining size, eventually rolled us over, lost the business 2010, and I even went through the personal bankruptcy, something I hadn't, it took me out at, it took me four months to even admit to my own form mates, or three months, uh, because outside of that, my, my wife knew, my parents knew, that was it. My siblings didn't know, my in-laws, took me a long time to admit to anyone, and then it took me a long time to openly admit it, because I was so ashamed of it. But through it all, I learned a ton. And I remember very shortly after bankruptcy, I got together with a mentor of mine and we had coffee and, and he said, listen, he said, Andy, you're an entrepreneur, which means that you have the most secure job in the world. Because <laughs> by definition, an entrepreneur will figure it out. You'll find a way to put one foot in front of the next and you'll figure it out. And he said, why don't you take this opportunity instead of doing a good job in a bad industry, do a good job in a good industry and reinvent yourself. And that has never left me. And if people are going through a hard time right now and entrepreneurs going through a difficult time right now, I can leave you with one thing. You actually have the most secure job in the world. Could you imagine how scared your employees are right now? Right. They don't, have, you know, if they lose that security, that's tough on them as an entrepreneur. By definition, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out a way to put one foot in front of the other, and you'll either get through it with your existing business, figuring that out, gutting it through, or you may need to reinvent yourself, but you'll figure it out, and you'll be okay at the end of the day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's so powerful because how many entrepreneurs think that way, right? Usually entrepreneurship is associated with risk, not mm -hmm. Not you know, and, and I perfectly agree with you, Andy. I mean, and that's why you know you guys will probably appreciate this. I have a quote that entrepreneurship is ten percent about business, a hundred percent about people, and a thousand percent about the self. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's that yeah, battle, yeah. right? 
And, oh. and you know, what, what is it, what's great about entrepreneurship that we get to do whatever we want, wake up every day and we have a million things we could do and we get to choose and what's bad about entrepreneurship. Well, we could do whatever we want and we wake up every day and we have a million things we could do and we don't know what to do. Right? Um, but I love that yeah. mental, that mental flip. So, you know, clearly the three of you have done a lot. You've gone through a lot. You know, now you're, you're, you're doing this new thing together. Um, and by the way, I love that you spent time in MIT. I grew up uh, outside of Boston, though my accent mm. is, as you can hear, not present. So maybe Bostonians would be ashamed of me. But <laughs> take, take me to and take everyone to uh, what's the thing looking back? And again, it could be per personal business family that you are most proud of. And then share with us what you are least proud of or perhaps a regret, you know, something you wish you could redo. Well, um, so for me, what I'm most proud of, I learned about three years ago on the, on the top of a mountain in Machu Picchu in Peru. Good place to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Good place to learn. So my son was with me. We were there for his college graduation. And he told me a story of something that he experienced when I was going through the tough times and the day I fired all my people. And I forgot about it. And he said to me, hey, do you remember... We had this conversation at dinner when my friend's dad suggested you should file bankruptcy and you wouldn't do it. And I said, not really. He goes like, you said you couldn't file bankruptcy because that's not how we operate. And as Palmers, we see ourselves, see ourselves through deals. We see ourselves, we don't quit things. We don't quit sport. You know, he's in school. He doesn't quit sports teams. He does his homework. We, we do our very best to the very best of our limits until we run out of what we can do. And I remember telling him, I said, I haven't done my best yet. I haven't done everything I can do. And as your father, I can't pass this legacy on to you of filing for bankruptcy, even though it was a legal remedy, because I'm out of alignment with my core values as a parent. And like you mentioned earlier, Peter, you know, so much of entrepreneurship is inside out learning. And we sh wherever mm -hmm. we go, there we are. And it's never work-life balance, it's work-life integration. And so the fact that something I had forgotten had landed so deeply with my child was by far, it was more, it was more a more prideful moment than me than making the 5,000 six times or paying off all the debt. It's that I, I stuck to my core values as a parent and as a leader of my family. And it, it's absolutely my, my proudest moment. And when your son told you that I've heard that story before, Peter, and it just, it blows me away because yeah. that must have been like just such a proud moment that he remembered that. Right. Oh, and it, it landed so deeply with him. So now he's a CPA and now he coaches <laughs> businesses and he's looking to start his own CPA practice. Wow. And we talk a lot about now the, the, the pain that, you know, guys like myself, Andy and Nigel have suffered through of, you know, revenue over margin, things like that. So mm. now, cause it, for a long time, he was like, I'm never going to be an entrepreneur. That's for crazy people. And now he's, thinking, <laughs> well, he's not he's, wrong about that. Now, now, and he's not wrong about that, but now he's becoming a little bit more crazier like his old man, which is kind of fun to see. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Todd, thank you, thank, thank you for you. the question. Well, you just made the best sales pitch ever for my book, you know, saying that the most important thing was getting into honest alignment right? Mm -hmm. Core values, everything yes. I talk about in Honest to Greatness, it has to yes. start there. Um, thank you so much. And Todd, what about something that you know, you're know you maybe not so proud of that you want to share with folks? Um, the, the biggest thing for me that I wasn't proud of is I didn't deal with conflict. I didn't lean into those uncomfortable conversations because it was so important mm -hmm. to me as an entrepreneur that I built this company and these are people I picked and I, I wanted to be seen as the hero. And I wanted to be, and I was just basically BSing myself on who I really was. And that, that imposter syndrome just grabbed onto that, you know, for a lot of us as entrepreneurs, you know, an entrepreneur alone is an entrepreneur at risk. And I was choosing to be alone. 
And mm-hmm. I was choosing to have that rugged individualist attitude. And mm-hmm. I was wrong mm-hmm. on so many different fronts that we could have a whole other hour about all, all the things I was wrong about. <laughs> and, but it all started from within. And, and I, was, I was kidding myself. I wasn't dealing with the imposter syndrome. I wasn't leaning to those uncomfortable conversations. I wasn't holding people accountable. I know Andy teaches programs where people have to hold people to KPIs and to measurables and accountabilities. I was doing none of that because, as you mentioned earlier, Peter, as the entrepreneur, I could set my day up. I could do what I want to do. Well, you know what? I don't want to deal with any of you today, so I'm just going to turn my phone off. Worst leadership <laughs> example ever, and that's what is my, truly my most embarrassing time. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I love your, yeah, I could go on for hours about things that uh, yeah, I was wrong about. This This book is 300 pages or so. If I had to write a book about things I was wrong about, it'd be more like 7,000 <laughs> pages. Uh, <laughs> Nigel, how about you? Oh man. Um, well, there's, I got, I have two things. One thing is being dragged into EO, the entrepreneurs organization yeah. was um, one of the huge life-changing moments for me. Next one was um, getting a coach again, forcefully getting a coach and being able to set up my life by design with him. And uh, over, it took year, about 10 years and we had a little asteroid belt and we had all the little pieces we were knocking off first and then we're chewing away on the bigger asteroids. But the biggest thing at the end of my, my goal with him was I wanted my freedom back. I, I was living in like the doorknob effect. Every day I was in chaos. And there was one thing that I really wanted more than anything was to be able to set up my business to run without me and take a year off and travel with my family around the world. And it came to the point where I had organically grown a guy inside my business to basically take out my ex-partner and uh, run the business for me. And my coach called me one day and I had one thing left on my list and it was not, he said, Nigel, what are you going to do with this dream of yours? I said, no, no, it's impossible. I can't do it. I have too many things to do. And he asked me if I, my wife was there. And I said, yes. And he said, could you ask her? And I did. And I said, hey, Reiko, do you want to still do you know this trip? And she goes, absolutely. So we basically put it together in three months and we left and we took our kids and we traveled for a year, 17 countries off the grid. And I came back and guess what? My business was still there and thriving better without me there than when, than when I was there. And so that was, it was, it was huge, but it was all like Todd says, all the itty bitty, you know, things in your head saying you can't do, you can't do it. We can do it. And it was a lot easier than I could ever have imagined. So I was, I'm actually quite proud of that. Being able I've to heard do that, that story before. Yeah. Especially around, <laughs> around EO has been a long time member. Right. Yeah. Right. It's pretty, it's pretty common. How big our egos are. It's amazing. Huge. Um, yeah. Nigel, what about a, a low that you'd like to share? Yeah. Talking about ego. <laughs> so my ego was, is that. I wanted my freedom back so badly and I would, like I said, I'd hire in all these people. I'd, I'd, I'd grab them. I would headhunt them from other organizations and I'd parachute them in and, and it would fail and nobody could do as good as myself, right? Running this, this business. And I did it three times over 10 years, brought them in, let them go. And, and then I just didn't realize that, you know, we were organically growing people inside to, to do it and do a much better job than me. But I just, I was micromanaging everybody, kept turning around and asking. But when I realized that there were people there, so it was my ego. My ego completely got in the way, like you said. So, yeah, that's my kind of my, I wish I figured that a lot earlier. It's so common. That's why I wrote a book about it. It's like leaders (laughs) don't get honest with themselves about their role, which is really to just sit back, reflect, coach, help people make sure they need what they, not to command, not to control, not to, especially now. You know, so yeah, especially amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Andy, did we miss you? 
Yeah, no, I, I can uh, I can share mine too. So I'll, I'll start um, with the you know with what I'm most ashamed of, and uh, I got to be honest with you, Peter. I really I've never done anything bad, so I'm just yeah, kidding. Of course, yeah, not Andy, especially wearing a cool jacket like that, right? Yeah, it's an immunity jacket. So the reality for me, um, I would say the thing I'm least proud of is uh, you know it, it, and I think it was ego driven. Uh, you know, wanting to have a big business, we get into, I've been involved in different businesses and it was always about the growth over the health of the business necessarily. And the way I, I put it is one of the things that got me into trouble is I was fairly highly leveraged and I would gamble tomorrow's paycheck. So I wouldn't just, just gamble the, the, the cash I had in the bank today. I would gamble the cash I was expecting to have in the bank you know, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, and uh, in pursuit of that growth. And when it when I went through the bankruptcy, it was a very, very humbling experience um, to have to go through that. And my receiver basically said, "You have to declare a personal bankruptcy. You're not, you know, you're, there's no way to get out of this." Um, and uh, that was a very humbling experience. So, and what I'm most proud of is coming out of that. I'll share two, two quick things, but one of them is that, you know, coming out of it, I never took the big risk. It may look risky what I did, but I started, you know, we run three different companies now. So three different income streams, uh, Tulip Media Group does digital and integrated digital and print marketing for companies all over North America it was started on a $5,000 loan that I just needed to bridge until I got paid for my first job from my father. After my bankruptcy, $5,000 loan, it was borrowed and paid back in one month and i never borrowed i never really borrowed a lot of money in that business we did for short terms here and there but growing it and choosing to grow it slower but having a healthy bottom line being profitable and now in a really good um you know really stable situation um you know and i also do uh scaling up coaching again cash flow positive from day one and i got into real estate development where i put a deal together orchestrated a deal with some, uh, my first deal was orchestrated with some investors. I, and I retained 40% and I didn't put a dime into the, into the entire development. So one of the big things that I'm proud of is that in business, there's opportunities everywhere. You know, if you don't jump on this opportunity today, there'll be another one tomorrow. You got to have patience yeah. to find the right opportunity. I was just at the beginning, just growth with at, at all costs. So doing that and doing it well and having very limited risk as we are growing has transformed the way I look at business for myself and, and others as well. And seeing that, because for me, it was life by design. I figured, you know, I came from retail and, you know, we were on 24-7, it felt like. We were open seven days a week. We were closed two days a year, Christmas Day and New Year's Day. That was it. We were open every other holiday. So we we're always on. And I thought, whatever business I get into, I'm not going to work weekends. So it's creating that life by design. I didn't want to work over the holidays. I wanted to be able to unplug for time or periods of time. And creating that life by design that Nigel talks about. But what I'm most proud of of that is I have a 15 and 11-year-old, and I'm teaching them that as well. Saying, okay, what do you really want out of life? You know, my 11-year-old my son right now, he's knee-deep into – you know, high level triple uh, A hockey tryouts right now. So if you really want this, what do you need to do to design your life around achieving that goal and seeing them look at life and realizing that they have opportunities and they, they even at such a young age, 
they can orchestrate and plan and you know create their their own life by design and i'm starting to really see that especially with my 15 year old who's a little bit older it's really quite interesting so i get, i think that's i wish somebody taught me the concept of life by design when i was 15 i'll tell you that it's amazing i was on a mm. podcast earlier just today yeah it's amazing how little we control as human beings in life the one thing we have control over is what we do every day and how we spend our time and yet so few people control it. Yeah. yeah. It's mind boggling. So yeah, yeah I, I, lo I love this. And, and I, I, what I want for people to hear out of that is I need to be honest about like who I really am and what I really want devoid of the self-limiting belief. Oh, it's, that's not possible. Oh, that would be nice, but it'll never happen. Like all yeah. that's just, it's just lies. It is lies. Yeah, it's absolutely. Lies. Uh, Andy, Todd, Nigel, I want to open the floor, tell everyone where they can follow along with you, learn more about what you're doing, get involved. Sure. So you can follow all three of us. Uh, if you check out our website, 3CEOs.com. That the number three? The number three. CEOs.com. Uh, you can find us there, our own contact information. But for myself, uh, my main company is tulipmediagroup.com. And um, you can find find me there. You can get a hold of me there. Todd, how about yourself? So yeah, you can certainly find me at 3CEOs.com. You can also check me out at Extraordinary Advisors. It's my coaching and speaking business where I do a lot of what we're talking about today, the inside-out coaching with entrepreneurship, helping them get unstuck, helping them deal with their itty-bitty shitty committee in their head, and helping them uh, grow, grow themselves as well as grow their business. Nigel, over to you. Oh, man. And uh, yeah, actually, all of us, all four of us have books. So um, you can go to uh, Peter's book and check that out. You can go to our books at uh, 3CEOs.com. You can go to my book at NigelJBennett.com at the bottom of your screen here. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having us on your show, Peter. It, uh, it's just been awesome. Trust me, it's, it's my pleasure. And I had a feeling as you guys were starting out of the gate, I was like, these are EO guys. <laughs> we all have such a common language now. I, I think I'm the only one who's still in EO. Are you? Are you? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I do stuff. I, I do stuff on a global level now. So good. Oh, big, big boy pants. I yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. Big boy. Uh, and Todd, little, boy, little bit of trivia shirt. for you. Before this book was Honest to Greatness, it was Inside Out. That was the name. I love that. I love it. Uh, uh, I so, love it. Yeah. Nice. And then they came out with a Disney movie, and my publisher was like, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I mean, that was just knowledge bombs everywhere. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so oh, much. Thanks, Peter. thanks, Peter. It is my pleasure. And until next time, I'm Peter Cosadoy. Thanks for being honest. <laughs>